joining the show today is Mike Huseman, who comes to us. He's working with me over at Football Sapient. He is a college football fanatic, and I mean fanatic in every sense of the word. This guy is like even more hip on the transfer portal than I am. He knows about all the coaches. I, I think he probably knows everybody that's involved in college football in some fashion or form. So that might be I, a little generous, but I try to stay plugged in. <laughs> you're very plugged in. Like college football is your world, you know? And so I guess that's a good place to start with is uh, what, what, what caught up, brought up the interest. I think we might've talked about this on the Thor episode, but go ahead and refresh me. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we talked about the portal, you know, on the whole and at the time, I think what was happening was more in line with how people saw the portal and the vision people thought it should be. So guys leaving schools they weren't going to start at to go to schools where they would start at. Basically, the precursor and a streamline to the NFL where they were doing what was best for them to get exposure. But the Jordan Addison situation now doesn't fall into that box. People are viewing it rightly or wrongly as a guy who was already successful, who's leaving somewhere because he's going to make more money. So I, um, you know, I think a lot of people are viewing the transfer portal and NILs as the same thing. They're not the same thing, but they are tied together as well. And it would be foolish of us to forget either of those. You know, without the open market and NILs, a guy like Jordan Addison doesn't leave this time of year. It's unlikely that happens. And I, I think that's fair. You know, it's, I, most of us are in line saying it wasn't right that these universities and TV networks were making billions off of these guys' images. But I don't know if anybody wanted the extreme of what the Addison case is going at either, where you're basically locked in somewhere and saying, I'm going to go somewhere where they're going to give me more money if that's what's happening. It's certainly what the detractors are saying is happening. I'm hesitant to put labels and put words in his mouth at this time, because I don't know if it's fair to him and we don't know his situation, um, if he has a family to take care of, even if he doesn't. Um, who are we to tell a grown person how much money they can make and what job they can and can't have? And, but, and that's kind of the thing too is, I mean, just from a situation standpoint, think about where Pitt is right now. Yeah. You know, Kenny Pickett was just first round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love or hate that pick. It just happened. Your star quarterback, yeah. he's been there forever. He's gone. You've got Caden Slovis coming in, right, from USC transfer portal. Yeah. And there's a lot of talent yeah. to the left. There's a lot of talent. To the and left. you also you also got a lot of statistics and won awards in a system. And your offensive coordinator left to go to Nebraska. Yep. And your wide receiver left to go to Texas to be with the Longhorns. You can't fault either of those guys for leaving. But if you're Addison, and you know, my thought in the immediate time is any way you look at it, I'm going to be playing in a new system. Do I want to stay and do that here in this situation? Or do I want to go and do it in the situation where I can make a lot more money for myself? And it's an understandable if, if he wants to go make more money doing that. If, if all things are the same, you're going to be in a new offense one way or another. Why not maximize you know, that talent and your earning power? That's not to say that your situation in pitch is going to be terrible. They did bring in um, a new receivers coach. I don't know if you remember um, Taekwon Underwood, former NFL player, went to Rutgers was coaching at Rutgers um, he's the new receivers coach at Pitt so he had played 
at Rutgers for Shiano, was with the Dolphins, coached with the Dolphins, was at Rutgers the last few years coaching, is now going to pitch as the receivers coach. So, yeah, you're getting a guy with NFL experience, but what they have there doesn't really match up with Lincoln Riley and his staff. Or, you know, we don't know. I happen to think it's probably a done deal. He's going to USC. I don't think that changes. There's too much out mm-hmm. there. But say he goes to Texas or Alabama, well, you can't fault him. You know, when you're comparing those programs to Pitt, there's clear winners in those situations for yeah. NFL talent they've produced in recent years. Absolutely. And that's right, too, because, you know, like like the whole situation with Lincoln Riley, that was kind of blown up, too, when that happened, leaving Oklahoma. There was all the LSU thought they had him in the bag, which was hilarious. Um, and then USC pulls out this crazy deal. He gets the multimillion dollar house. He's got a private jet. And it's all paid for by USC. And he's making, what, $12 million a year or something like that. Yeah. So that's yeah, um, is pretty much expected at this point, right? So uh, watching the spring game for USC this year, I noticed that they were talking about how they had, I think they want to say, I want to say it was like 35 or 20, somewhere between 25 and 35 scholarship spots open at USC. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would go out and you'd be like, hey, you know, this is one of the top wide receivers in the country. Think about what we could have, we already have, you know, Williams, Malik Williams, who came over from Oklahoma with Caleb. And then we've got, um, I know there's another receiver on that team. I can't think of who he is right now. So Are you saying a guy who came over in the portal or are you talking about one who was already there? I'm going to have to look at my, I think I was writing him up on my draft document. That's why I was thinking okay. about him. Um, cause yeah. Um, yeah. Bynum, Terrell Bynum. Okay, yeah. Bynum, yeah. Cause yeah, Mario from, uh, Washington. Yeah. You okay. got him too. Yeah. And then Jordan Mario, Addison yeah. would just be the perfect pair. There's your, you know, your three wide receiver set. You go your 11 personnel. You're in really good shape. That's exactly what Lincoln Riley wants to do. So if you have that it many is. roster spots open, why not, you know, call up a booster and be like, Hey, we need another receiver. Go talk to this guy. He'd be a great fit for us. Cause he's probably looking to get out anyways. Yes. That's, uh, I think that's the logical step. They also, um, you know, they, obviously there's been a lot of movements there. They were a team that last year brought in a few receivers in the portal as well. They had brought in um, a guy from Texas and a guy from Memphis. I don't think either of them played a lot, but you know, we're only thinking, you know, at this point that it started with Lincoln there and all these guys are new and they're seeing a lot of roster turnover. They also saw that last year with Clay Holton's last year, which is, um, you know, makes for a pretty transient roster, especially for a team at that level who wants to be competing for a P5 conference title. You don't see that much turnover, you know, frequently. It's definitely uncommon. And that's, that was another thing that they were talking about, too, that Lincoln came in saying was that he was expecting to turn over – I want to say he wanted to turn over 35 roster spots. Yeah. But coming yeah. into the program, you know, so that's why there's all these scholarships open with all these transfers. But um, I absolutely love what they're doing over there. And so the, the whole thing about Jordan uh, Addison is, you know, we just saw – we just saw this happen basically with uh, that Clemson receiver, Justin Ross. Yes. He was undrafted. He's not signed right after the draft. Like a lot of these other guys were, it took him a couple of days to find a home, but he's right now he's settled into Kansas city. His medicals are bad. Um, his testing was bad. So <clears throat> a lot of the, a lot of the tape kind of, I think got overlooked because of the medicals and because of the testing. And so, you know, when you, I think he ran like it was like a four seven forty. Yeah, very very poor. Yeah. yeah, so so at that point they're like, okay, well he's not explosive coming off this injury anymore. He's probably lost a step. That's why it's so important for guys like Jordan Addison in college football to go ahead and cash in on what is reportedly a historic deal. I'm seeing it's three million dollars to go to USC. Yep, that's um, you know that's around the figure I've been hearing as well, um, which. 
Of course, we don't know all the dollars and cents, but if you're hearing it reported multiple places, somebody probably knows something. So it's probably in the ballpark, yeah. So you got to take it. You have to as a college athlete because you don't know what the future has. No. And it makes sense that that would be a place to do that as well because you have a fan base who is really starved for success and wants to win now they don't they don't want lincoln to build lincoln wasn't brought in for the process to take place over time he was brought in so it happens immediately i mean that's the fact of it and you'd have to say you know a few months into that job you know where what five or six months into him having that job something like that it looks like he's well on his way to do that oh yeah checked almost all the boxes to um see results right away he's you know, guy, he, brought, he brought so many guys over from oklahoma alone you know he like, did. Yeah. like i know people a lot of oklahoma fans are still really upset about this but doesn't that speak volumes to the person that he is and the coach that he is if yes. that many players are going to follow him yeah yeah i mean they've just in the last few months They've brought guys in from Arizona State, Ohio State, um, that Alabama, Ohio State, Auburn, um, Shane Lee, right? Oh no, that's Alabama. Brian, Brian, Shaw, Brian Shaw was one from Ohio State of safety. Yeah. Um, Eric Gentry was a backer from Arizona State, and then you brought in Travis Dye, the starting running back from Oregon, probably your biggest yep. conference rival at this point, or one of the two biggest with Utah. Um, you brought Romello Height, a linebacker from Auburn. Shane Lee was from Alabama. Um, Austin Jones, again, the starting running back from Stanford, another of your conference rivals. And then a number of you know Oklahoma guys, um, again, a starting defensive back from Colorado, another conference rival. Um, that was Makai Blackman, good defensive back. Um, Kansas State, um, yep, Washington, you mentioned. So just in that, we mentioned guys that were starters or contributors at not just fringe G5 lower level teams, top level P5 teams that already have established names and brands that they're bringing in guys from. You don't do that unless there's something going on right. Now, is that thing that is right NIL money? Well, it's probably a part of it. I mean, we'd be foolish to say that it wasn't, but that doesn't answer all of it, I don't think. Part of it at least has to be the magnetism of Lincoln's personality and the proven results he's shown on the field. I mean, love him or hate him, you can talk about his results in the playoffs, which fair, I'm not going to debate that, but he's getting to the playoffs anyway, which is impressive. And the way he is as an offensive schemer is elite. He's one of the best in the country at it. If someone would tell me he's the best, I, I wouldn't fight you on it. He very well could be. I mean, so like, look at the quarterbacks that he's put out just along. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there were what two first two first overall picks. Yeah. And three of them ended up going in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. And Rattler, Spencer Rattler, and Caleb Williams are pending. Yeah, exactly. And they're both going to be drafted. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Certainly. Like Rattler Certainly. might not be as early. I think it's going to depend what he does this year at South Carolina. I yeah. wouldn't, I I wouldn't, I don't expect him to stay more than a year at South Carolina. But yeah, uh, I think a lot of that will depend on success. Certainly, you know, that's I'm, yeah. you know, obviously in Columbia at USC. So kind of seeing the ground floor of that. And he's looked good so far. You know, spring has went well. Everybody is saying rave for how he's well, been. Well, that's and, also the thing, too, is South Carolina is loaded this year. Yeah, they've, like, they've done as, you know, I don't want to say they've done as well as anybody in the transfer portal, but after Old Miss and maybe USC at Texas, yeah. they've done as well as anybody. And you could even argue 
after Ole Miss, they've been the second best. I will say in my mind, Ole Miss is clearly number one in how they've dealt with yeah. the transfer portal. Yeah, because I'm still finding guys that they pulled this year. <laughs> yes. I just yeah. found one this morning. It was a running back out of SMU that I liked. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, uh, Ulysses Bentley. Yeah. yeah. Which I um, I did a poll, uh, tweet about that a while, um, you know, like right when it happened because – you know, that was somewhat surprising considering they had already brought in Zach Evans, who yeah. was one of the two best running backs in the portal. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily that they had a need. Now, Bentley is a different player. He's going to give them a, more of a receiving threat, but it's also not, you know, you got a guy who was a clear starter at SMU, a pretty good school, going to a place where, he is not going to be there every down back, but he still went there. That's speaks to Lane doing something right. And, and I mean, he, Lane Kiffin likes having that two running backs that he can, yes. that he can rotate. And he just put two in the NFL, you know, and Jerry and Ely and Snoop Connor, which I was surprised yeah. that Connor was drafted as high as he was. But um, and, one and of the a things- lot of people make, oh, I was going to say there's, there's a misconception around Lane. Um, they use spread offenses a lot. He's had success with QBs everywhere he's been, but his teams have been the best when they're running the ball a lot more than they're throwing it. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're creating more mismatches when they're making those big running lanes and getting a lot more yards per carry. That's a good, I mean, they did that this year. They not just with the running backs, with but with Matt Corral, the quarterback too. Like yes. he was running. Yeah. I, I remember to, against Tennessee, it was like every other play felt like he was just running the football to design yeah. quarterback run, and they were killing him. But um, and it will be interesting if Jackson Dart does that because he hasn't been known to run as much. Though he's not slow by any means. Um, I I would expect Lane to be good enough to adapt to his personnel. Oh yeah. And that running load won't be on dart. It will be with the two running backs more. Um, but again, I don't think um, it will limit what they do in any ways because Lane will find other things to do more. So before we really get into some of the guys that are actually in the portal, this was one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about on the show. And it's that there, this whole outrage over Jordan Addison that we kind of yeah. touched on to start off with it's it's very interesting because first of all a lot of the people that are complaining about addison were all the same people that were clamoring and yelling and hey athletes need to get paid and now they're getting paid and they're not staying at their favorite school they're complaining about it but they're also calling for oh we we need rules right we need rules to the transfer portal we need rules to to you know like so the players can't just do this and blah 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 and so i guess my question is and this is for anybody that kind of talks like this. I haven't been able to figure out any ideas, so I am genuinely open to them. But what kind of rules can we make? So NIL-wise, I don't know that we can do a lot. Um, and I think part of that would come down to legal reasons um once you tell people they can get paid as we've seen with the nil mm -hmm. you can't really limit how much they can get paid nor should you be able to i don't think that's right and we can't make specific laws that only target college football players um i mean that's essentially what was happening before was it was a law that was that just targeted 100%. college athletes yeah 100 percent um one thing I think that will happen eventually is we will see a window for the transfer portal. So I would guess you'll see it, um, you know, either once the regular season or once bowl games are done, we'll see a window where guys can enter. Then during the spring, sometime after spring ball, when the semesters are ending, we might see another window. And then at some point in 
late July, early August, when fall camp has started and guys who are going and battling see that they're not going to be a starter, then you're going to transfer. That is an interesting window in itself because all the portal stuff is new, but that window in August when fall camp starts is not really new. FCS programs have been doing that for years. You get guys who are at FBS schools that lose their starting job. That's a great time for FCS teams to target guys that'll start right away for them. So um, some time frames and an open and closed window could be changes we see to the portal. Um, beyond that, I don't logically know what could be put in place that A is fair and that B practically can work. And that's, um, that's, that's what my issue is the people complaining about it right now is it's, there is no easy fix to this. There is no real good ideas that are like, this is going to, this is going to make everything better and it's going to make everything even because I, I get that was the whole point, you know, of the, of that entire rule before, before these laws kind of opened up these athletes to start making money. And that was because they didn't want boosters and all kinds of other people getting money and put it, building these super teams. Yeah. And people wanted the transfer portal so that guys like Paul Tyson could leave Alabama so that guys who were at your elite P5 schools could go and find starting jobs. They didn't want yep. guys like Jimmy or Gibbs leaving Georgia Tech to go and make Alabama better. They didn't, <laughs> want, they didn't want Burton going to Alabama like that. They didn't want JT Daniels going to Georgia. But there's one person right away that said that is what would happen, that the better teams are going to get better because proven players at lesser schools are going to transfer to these elite programs. And that's yep. Nick Saban. He immediately knew this was going to happen and nobody listened to him. Or if they <laughs> did, they didn't make changes on listening to him. Um, well, that's, that's the other so, thing. Too, is it's, you can't put a restriction on the portal like that, right? Because no. if you are, if we opened up the portal and so one of the, one of the, actually, this is one of the suggestions that I got from a guy on Twitter yesterday. I think it's a, a British based podcast posted this. Um, I do want to pull this up because I do want to give them a shout out. Um, my, yeah, I'm on the right account. Uh, Flag on the play, and they're a British-based podcast. Interesting. And, I've never, I've never heard of them. I, I will have to check them out. Yeah, they're. I think they're still kind of small, but they have a lot of really good, you know, insights and stuff. But you know, that's what he he was one of these guys that kind of came in and was like, "Hey, you know, we need to make rules to this NIL stuff because it's getting out of hand." And blah blah blah. And so I asked him. I said, "Well, what, what rules? What rules would you make?" And he had suggested uh, the one year when the one year um, you have to sit a season entering the transfer yes. portal. And that's fine and good and everything. But now here's the issue with that. And it's not going to work. And it's because what happened when we had this before? The NCAA made exceptions, right? Because there are they cases made, they that made lots of them required yes. exceptions. And what yeah. happened right before they opened the portal? And they opened up that window and, and you could just train. You had that one time free transfer. Yeah. Which, all these... which I, I would like to add a caveat there. Yeah. Most NCAA sports have always had that one free transfer. Baseball, wrestling, most women's sports. It's only football and basketball that they made you sit for a year until recently. And, and that was because of the money that was in, in those, you know, the, the, the precisely, brought in through precisely. those sports. Yeah. So like, yeah the 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 thing was what happened when they started making these exceptions is you had all these high profile players immediately getting these big time lawyers and basically getting and finding a loophole in the in there to, so that they would be forced to get an exception as well and that's just going to happen again except now you're going to have bigger schools paying for um, these high profile players to transfer to them. So they'll be like, Hey, we'll get you here. We'll get an exception. Here's the lawyer that's going to get you that exception and they're going to pay for, and we're going to pay for it. So it, the NIL 
has closed that window, I think, personally. And that's why it's so con- it's there's there's nothing you can really do other than I like what you said. There's certain windows that uh, you have to hit. And there's no fix that is going to be perfect. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Nothing is going to fit everybody um, at this point. That's just the way it is. And it's I also think so many of these um things that people want to change the cats out of the bag we're not going to be able to crawl back a lot of these things that are happening now so i don't think you try to take them away you modify what changes you've allowed so far that's fair so with that we're going to take a quick little break and when we come back we're going to go into some of these players you have a whole draft you have a whole document here on players that you wanted to talk to that are in the portal and talk about, and then some quarterbacks that could potentially go. So uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some of that stuff. Get your most complete and the best football news from footballsapient.com. Based in truth, wisdom on sports. Back onto the show is Mike Husbin and I. Husbin writes for me at uh, Football Sapient. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, it's a really, really good follow, by the way. He just hit 1,000 followers, actually. I did, yes. I was very happy about that. Uh, at Husman CFB. Uh, that's H-U-E-S-M-A-N-N-F-C-F-B. And it's definitely worth the follow. I definitely 100% recommend that you check out his stuff. He's all over this transfer portal stuff he's in you know anticipating people hitting the portal plus all the great articles that he writes on football sapiens so you wanted to talk about some of these guys that are in the portal um i'll go ahead and let you pick where you want to start we've kind of talked about jordan addison who's on your list like pretty extensively i think in that whole situation so um who is still in the portal right now so a lot of that by position we are seeing um you know ample guys at some spots but then it's like a position like running back there's hardly anybody out there that is a you know p5 or top g5 starter at this point um we had one who exited the portal yesterday um emory jones formerly of florida has committed to arizona state which makes sense. They lost Daniels to LSU. Um, he's one of the examples. He left Alabama for Arizona State, but um, I would expect Emory Jones to get that job. But that's also a program in a lot of turmoil right now. Yeah. Herm has done a pretty good job, but the NCAA investigators are all over them they had to get rid of a bunch of assistant coaches and we are seeing a huge exodus of players in the transfer portal you're not going to tell me that's all due to playing time i think the writing is on the wall that something big is going to happen um, and sanctions are probably on the way um, if herm is not the coach week one, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, he probably will be. I don't think he's going to get fired that soon, but it wouldn't be one of those, whoa, oh my gosh moments if he does. I do think at the end of this, I, I do not think he is the coach um, come the new year. I think too much has happened, um, but getting Emory Jones was probably good for them. Um, the other big cube we have in the portal at this time um big is a relative word compared with other guys that have been in there but jerry bohannon left baylor um started the majority of the season for them last year um but lost the job this spring and dave aranda made that announcement um so bohannon left baylor he 
is a guy who I think there's a few schools he could end up. Um, Mizzou wouldn't shock me. You know, they've Mizzou's been that team who, along with West Virginia, they were pretty much mentioned for every QB that was in the portal. We knew it was a need that when they lost Basil Act to Indiana, yep. and then when West Virginia lost Jared Davey to Western Kentucky before JT Daniels came in, um, Mizzou needed a QB. We knew that. Now, Cook played a little bit for them at the end of the season, but I don't think you'd want him being the only guy on your roster going into it right now. Um, so Bohannon going to Mizzou makes a lot of sense. He also schematically fits a lot of the stuff they do. Um, but other than Mizzou, um, he's from Arkansas. You know, some people said maybe the Razorbacks. I don't think that happens. No, um, they, they don't. They got a couple quarterbacks. They're good. Yeah, they had you know, Jefferson obviously returns and then Malik Hornsby dabbled in the portal then removed his name and is going back there. So Arkansas makes no sense to me. Um, Memphis is not far from where he grew up. They return a QB that has two or three more years left too. So I don't think Memphis is a team that um, is going to be in the mix. So I, especially if Bohannon wants to go to a P5 school, Mizzou makes the most sense. Um, then we get to you know, running backs, a position I said is, light um we have Camaro Edmonds who has spent one year at North Carolina mm -hmm. where he didn't see the field but was a high recruit um from in-state there um he is now in the portal it will be curious where he goes most of the schools he initially looked at recruiting wise were in that geographic area not too far but it, we don't really know he just entered the portal. There hasn't been a lot of news out for him. So we don't really know what he's going to do. Yeah, he's a four-star guy, is he not? He was. Yes, yep. he was. Um, and he'll find a home somewhere, I have no doubt. But tough to say where that'll be. But he, he definitely is a guy to look at in a position where missing spring ball would probably hurt you less than most spots. That's almost always considered one of those easiest positions to transition into um, from place Go, to place. Going back to the quarterbacks really quick. Yeah. So Emory Jones started 12 games for Florida last year and was probably one of the biggest roller coaster rides in terms of uh, consistency. It was up and down. Yes. He had a really good, he had a couple of really good games. He played great against Alabama. He and did. And played yeah. abhorrently at the, at the end of the year. And this is a guy that last year people <laughs> this time last year were talking about as a top five NFL draft pick, which I never bought, never saw. But Arizona State, how different is he than Jaden Daniels? So I think he's less accurate as a passer. Um, but there are a few guys at that level I would say he's more accurate than he just does not hit his target well. He's probably a better runner than Daniels. Um, not necessarily that he's faster. I don't know that that's the case. He takes hits pretty well, though. Um, to Emory, he, uh, he doesn't go down easy, nor does he fumble too frequently when he gets hit. Mm -hmm. So, um, All good things. Outside of the yeah, accuracy. We also, yeah. We're also going to see a mostly a new offense there. Um, the entire offensive staff at Arizona State was let go in, I don't want to say Herm's quest to save his own job, but maybe that is oftentimes one of the last steps before you yourself get fired is firing a bunch of assistant coaches. Yeah. Um, we are seeing Scott Frost has already undertaken that this offseason. Um, mm -hmm. So... Um, but that's where I'm at Emory-wise. I think um, in terms of the P5 schools, that's a better fit than most. Um, that's so, not to say. Marcus Washington, I think, is the next guy on your list. 
out of Texas. Yes, receiver from Texas. And you've got like um, several schools he could end up at. He will end up at a big school. Yes, I don't think there's anything that um, a P5 school that is fairly competitive is where he will end up. He was a top recruit um, out of St. Louis who went to play for Sark, is now leaving um, Mizzou. Certainly, you know, I, I know I mentioned him with Bohannon, but Mizzou is going to be likely um, very few coaches are using the NIL system as well as Eli Drinkwitz is. Um, he brought in a fantastic recruiting class for them, and they've guaranteed every player on the team some NIL money. Um, so Drinkwitz has done a great job of getting boosters on board um, in his process, and that St. Louis to Mizzou pipeline is, you know, long existed. It's been there. That's also included Illinois on the list for Washington. Um, the name is escaping me, but he went to one of the private Catholic schools in St. Louis, and they've sent multiple guys to Illinois. Um, so Bielema will get involved with that. They could pull him there. I don't know if it happened. And Bielema's a pretty good recruiter himself, too. He's a guy yeah. who, um, you know, that, you know, that jovial, he, he's a, another magnetic guy who, even though he didn't succeed at Arkansas, he's recruited pretty well wherever he's been. Um, Nebraska could be another spot for Washington. Um, we talked about Jordan Addison. Maybe Washington feels that he can be that type of guy in Mark Whipple's system who left Pitt for Nebraska to be the offensive coordinator. Right. Um, and despite the downtrodden manner they've been in Lincoln for a few years, it's still an appealing place for a lot of people. There's still a big program, not as big, but there's still a program with a rich history who supports their own quite well. Um, I'm glad that and, you brought that up about Nebraska because yeah. they've done surprisingly well with some of the guys that they've landed, especially out of the portal. And they not have. just not just this year, but last year as well. There were there was that um there's a couple guys that they picked up. There was a defensive tackle Payne, I think that was his name. Uh give me a second, I can find it. That in this year, last year, this would have been last year. And okay, I spelled Nebraska wrong. That's why. Um, yeah, Fedarius Payne. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Oops. <laughs> they they okay. landed him last year. Yeah. He he just left for Virginia Tech. Um, yes. But no, I remember uh, Trey Palmer this year. Went over there from uh, LSU, the slot receiver. O'Shawn yes. Mathis um, out of TCU is a pretty good edge rusher. The, you know. It's a trick. They, re they recently lost Casey Rogers to Oregon just within the last week or so, who was a pretty good D lineman for them. And they um, pretty much pulled up his replacement right away. So, yeah. They, um, <laughs> they did bring in um, Devin Drew from Texas Tech, another D lineman. Um, Who's a guy I think will be interesting to watch? I'm another um, one of the areas of the portal I find interested and look at a lot is your top FCS players who transfer to the FBS level and where they can contribute. Um, they brought in um, Omar Brown, defensive back from Northern Iowa, um, to I would compete probably start at corner for them. He's a DB, which should be a good. He is yeah, corner. Um, you said Brown. And, yeah, Palmer, you'd mentioned. Yep, Brown. Um, and of course, they've they lost Adrian Martinez to K State in the portal, but they've brought in two QBs. So they brought in Casey Thompson from Texas and Chubba Purdy from Florida State, Brock's younger brother. So yep. they and Purdy was a four star job. guy too. I think Thompson was four star and and Purdy yeah. was definitely four star. Yes. So I don't think they're worried about losing our Adrian Martin. That's an interesting fit no, right there. Not at all. Yes. Adrian Martinez yes, at Kansas State. 
like that that's just interesting to me <clears throat> yeah i think um with his running skills and um that portion of his game it should be a decent fit but the way they've play actioned and you know not throwing the ball shorter and intermediate for most of their throwing game that doesn't really fit his profile so I think you're right there's um there's a lot of questions to have there with him so yeah sorry to detract from your list again but you brought up uh, Nebraska the last spot that you've got for Marcus Washington is Arkansas yes central landing spot yeah the um, Arkansas has been pulling in a lot of transfers. Sam Pittman's done a very good job. They did bring in Jaden Hazelwood at receiver, but <coughs> it's a position they could use more guys at. And there are few programs in the country where I think you would look at them now and say they're on the way up. They're on the rise as much as Arkansas is. Um, there's a buzz going on there. And they went from being absolutely awful under Chad Morris to right now thinking we might be the second best team in the West. We have a chance to compete and go to a New Year's Day bowl game. I mean, the, the speed which that transformation happened was remarkable. Yeah, it was and like, I don't know if it was like a year. That. It yeah. was like, like his first year, like you saw that rise coming. They were so close in a lot of those yeah. games. And that was the COVID. Yeah, yeah. and they only won – you know, they didn't win many games that year, but even in so those close. losses, exactly. I mean, even in those losses, people were saying they're on the way up. He's doing good like, things. Like that Auburn they, game, there was the incomplete pass from Bo Nix, if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that yeah. probably wasn't an incomplete pass. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. And so if, um, he get, if they get that, they win that game. But um, – because I don't think Bo Nix is going to drive down the field with 20-some seconds to go and lead Auburn to victory under Gus Malzahn. Um, no, I uh, – you would, you would not think so either that um, – and Bo Nix has historically been a guy I'm not as high on as a lot of people is. I think yeah. there's a lot to be desired. No, there. that was that was the funniest thing I think about last year was the pre yeah. – you know, like this time last year, I think Jordan Palmer came out. That's uh, that famous quarterback's coach ex-football uh, player himself. I actually, somewhere around here, I've got an autographed card of his, a rookie card from 07, the Noter uh, Upper Deck. Um, okay. So, yeah, he was with the, he was either Washington or the New York, I think it was Washington. He was a rookie with. Um, anyways. Yeah, it was last year. It was this time last year. He was saying Bo Nix is a, is, is going to be the number one overall pick next year. Book it. And, most of us looked at that and was like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse yeah, me. We also, we, also, we also saw some of those saying Emory Jones would be drafted high. Look where he is now. We were talking yeah. about him transferring. Yeah, going to Arizona State, yeah. which is not. The also, this is, a, yeah, this is a tangent topic as well, but I, I, I found it comical a day or two ago when I saw someone also now is saying, Anthony Richardson will potentially be a top 10 pick. Like, didn't we make the same mistake last year? <laughs> when we get off the air, I want to know who said that. <laughs> no. I might I might have to go all uh, defiant L's on them. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make a defiant L's. And it L's wasn't like just a random. It was a – yeah, it was one of the reputable bullets that put this out as like him being a potential, you know, fairly high pick yeah see it's, it's like it's way too early to start talking about all this nonsense unless you're talking about someone like Jalen Carter at Georgia Will Anderson Jr. Alabama and maybe as if you want to talk about a quarterback going really high probably Bryce Young and that's about it that's about all we know yeah exactly yes I don't think there's um there's certainly not the number of O-linemen that we had this year who will, like we know will be high picks. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see um, Will Anderson go first overall, by the way, just while we're on this. Yeah, I think um, 
thinking that far out for me is always tough because when you're saying you know who you want to go first who you think should go first the underlying question we don't know until the season's done is, is yeah who's gonna be does picking? that team does that team need a quarterback yeah no and that's yeah. that's not at all what i was trying to get at but yeah. i mean but just and for me that's how i conceptualize it right for, it. For, for me i'm talking strictly as as a skill set as a person yeah as the story that's behind it, behind him, I love it. Because yeah. Nick Saban, I said this on Twitter yesterday, Nick Saban has had some very talented people that have come through, especially defensive linemen. But he's never had anybody as good as Will Anderson. This guy is – I was put on his tape yesterday. I think I was watching him against Cincinnati, and he was just winning in every possible way. At 243 pounds, he's a five-tech, seven-tech, three-tech. And I'm sitting here going – if he was like another 50 pounds heavier, we'd be talking about him being Aaron Donald, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that post you made and it, it made me think, is there anyone I would say going into their last year of college who we thought was that talented? And there's probably not. I think you were right about that. Um, the guys that we knew, I mean, there's definitely guys we knew were really good. He's had some alignment who we knew were top level. Um, Micah Fitzpatrick was one that came to mind. We knew yeah. he was really, really good going into his last year. Um, and the same thing with um, Dante Hightower, who's played for a decade plus in the NFL now. For the yeah. New Patriots. <laughs> yeah. um, but there aren't many guys that I think like have that skill set and that ceiling that he has. And I think for me, that might be the tip of the, what tips the scales. Um, as good as Fitzpatrick and Hightower have been, Anderson's ceiling is probably higher. He is. He, if he puts on an, I think he's going to put on 15 pounds this year and that'll put him up to about 260. And he yeah. is going to be a monster coming off the edge. I absolutely yeah. love that guy. All right. So sorry. Um, you know me. It's very difficult not to talk about uh, NFL draft stuff. So Larry Hodges is a guy you wanted to kind of talk about a little bit. Tell us about so, him. Tight end is another position that is very weak in the portal right now. Um, and Larry Hightower or Larry Hodges. Sorry, I, I was still in our yeah, Doctor Hightower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so Larry Hodges um, is from Miami, um, and originally he was a Tampa native who came in as a four-star, you know, high recruit, doesn't every tight end that goes to Miami uh, come in as a high recruit, though they, they really attract those guys. He had, I think he said three catches over two years. He hasn't played a ton um, and his contributions have been, you know, pretty minuscule. Um, but the talent is there. The, the frame is there. He looks the part of a top level tight end. Um, you know, if he wants to go back to Tampa, USF could be a landing spot. Um, he also has some legal issues hanging over his head. Um, and they may be resolved. I know I don't want to um, comment on an issue too in-depth and you know, say things that may not be true. But yeah. he, I do know the nature of it. He was pulled over in a car that wasn't his. And... He did have a handgun, and I don't – there was something else. I, I don't want to – I'm not saying it was drugs or alcohol, but it was one of the two, I will say that. I just don't know which. Um, yeah, I can pull that up. So there's some potential – okay, yeah. Um, Larry Hodges. Hodges. But he um, he's the top tight end. Um, left in the portal while you're looking up with him I will also stay on the Miami track because the best top rated O tackle in the portal is Kylian Herbert also from Miami who is one of those guys we may never see again who I think he's going in his sixth year so he he took the free COVID year he redshirted he played his other seasons and he still has time left as a grad transfer because of the waivers people got for COVID. Um, the rumor is that he's going to go to Western Kentucky, 
Um, but I don't think he's officially out of the portal yet. So that's um, probably where I would say he's leaning. Um, and he has, you know, one year left after the multiple played. But um, yeah, so it appears that he was charged with, well, they, they were, they were going to pull him over initially because the front windshield was covered by sunscreen material. And he attempted to flee. This was March, uh, April, my bad, 2021. This happened right before okay. the spring game. Um, was arrested for carrying a concealed firearm and possession of 20 grams or less of marijuana. Okay. And, yeah, definitely had plenty of it. Uh, he was smoking it, so he was under the influence. Oh, uh, okay. And, yeah, and that's that appears to be what it was. Okay. Yeah according to the south florida sun sentinel okay good to know yeah so i um hopefully um he can get that behind him and make better decisions and find a place at the you know, at his next stop where he can be successful um far be it for me to you know say a young person is bad for one indiscretion. I think we all make mistakes at that age. That's a pretty yeah. extreme one. We don't all make mistakes that bad, but <laughs> um, I hope he does not let that define him and can find a landing spot that can help him get to the next level if that is his goal. If it's not his goal, then I hope he gets a college degree somewhere. Um, the next guy I wanna talk about is for me right now, probably the most interesting person in the portal for Jerry Bohannon. And that is Dane Shore, a person who a lot of people probably haven't heard of, but Dane Shore nominally still should be a high school senior. He was from Alpharetta, Georgia, and he played this past fall at IMG. Um, then early enrolled at Bama in January for the spring semester, then recently went in the transfer portal after the spring game. So in what could have been the spring of his high school year, he early enrolled at Bama. We've now entered the portal. Um, and that's not a case you see too frequently. Um, it almost we, seems, it almost seems planned, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to skip. I'm going to graduate early from high school and I'm going to go learn a thing or two from Saban and then I'm going to jump in the portal. <laughs> Maybe um, that. I, uh, yeah. I, you got, I got to say, I don't know. Um, no, no, it's impossible to know unless you you're really close yeah. to it, but yeah, I'm but just saying also, like, that sounds planned. <laughs> yeah. It's also one of those without the transfer portal probably never would happen too. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. he, he, he would, you know, I'm under the assumption he's leaving because he thought his path to being a starter was going to take a lot longer. And before the transfer portal, out of Alabama, the way they are now, this guy rides the bench for the next three or four years and then maybe plays in his fourth or fifth year there. But I get why he doesn't want to do that. And he is a guy who, you know, looking at the list of places that um, you know or, you know places, other schools that he was considering I mean it was a who's who of the best schools in the country I mean he it going to IMG certainly is not going to hurt no, every no. school there is going to look at but his other schools he you know right here we have um, Texas A&M offered Georgia offered Penn State offered Michigan offered Oregon, Miami, North Carolina, Ellis. I mean, it's a who's who of the schools that wanted him to go there, which if you're going to Alabama, other schools are going to want you. You're not going to, you don't see guys that they had one offer and it was Alabama. No, if Bama offers you, you probably got offers from 35 schools because you're that yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but it also leads me to believe his next step will probably be wherever he wants it to be. He'll get to pick, and I have no idea where it's going to be. Um, Texas A&M and Auburn both could use a tackle right now. Um, and the way recruiting has been going lately, if Jimbo wants a guy, I wouldn't count him out. He's 
pretty well uh, versed in that area these days. Well, Texas um, A&M is one of the richest yeah. schools in, in the country. They are. So, yeah. There, there's a lot of, and, there's a lot of uh, resources you can pull to get anybody you want there. Yeah. I think Miami's one to look at um, if Mario, um, you know, wants to get short there, they're going to be an appealing school right now, especially um, we, I don't know the full details, but there was a story that came out this week about NIL deals that Miami's about to undertake. Apparently they've gotten local businessmen, um, not Nevin Shapiro, who are going to be doing these uh, NIL deals. And in a place like that, similar to what we see with USC, um, it's an appealing place. I mean, who's not going to want to go to, if all things are considered, if you know you're going to get money and you know the Canes are going to compete, who wouldn't want to go there? It's one of the most appealing places that you could think of. Um, so, um, but that, that was Dane Shore. And I, I think he's a very interesting case of, you know, a guy who could still be in high school, but he's not anymore. Um, there was the other one of them, and this might be, you know, pending our time, the last guy I'll talk about. Um, I said, you know, Shore was one of my top interesting guys. Isaiah Land is another different one, um, another one. He is from Florida A&M, so he was at an FCS HBCU where he was the national FCS defensive player of the year. He had, it was either 19 or 21 sacks in one year. Um, he was a guy who came into college, you know, just a beanpole. He hadn't physically developed, he was undersized. Then he gets to Florida A&M under Willie Simmons, a head coach I want to give a shout out to who is on the rise. We'll be at FBS school before too long if he wants it. Um, one of the rising young stars of the, the coaching profession is Willie Simmons at um, FAMU. But Isaiah Land, we're hearing LSU could be a possibility, Georgia possibility, Texas. Um, he he went in the portal and within a week had offers from all these schools, which you don't see as frequently, um, even in the top guys that have been in the portal. Oftentimes, a lot of them know where they're going to end up, like in a Junior Gibbs, Burton case, I think Addison case, you know, these guys know. But Land, I think, legitimately is weighing his options, as he should. Um, you know, being the Buck Buchanan Award winner as the FCS Defensive Player of the Year, um, mm -hmm he will be a huge get for somebody at that edge position. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. In fact, I'm yes. going to add him to my list yeah. of guys to look at this year because – I think that's wise. Yeah. <laughs> Another I'll, – I'll quickly mention while you're adding him up. Devin Barrett was at Troy. Um a decently high recruit. I, I forget if he was a three or four star. Wait, wait, but who now? He, Devin Barrett is his name. Um, what position? So he played corner there, but that's part of why he's interesting because he was largely recruited as a running back. So we don't exactly know what position he wanted to play at his next spot. It's kind of like Lavasia Carroll who left Georgia and came hmm. to South Carolina. So we, um, but we're hearing Auburn has interest in Barrett. He, um, they were mentioned. And if we're hearing a school of that nature is interested in the guy, you got to believe there's something to it. Um, and they see something that will be interesting with Barrett if we see him at D back or running back at his next stop. And again, he was at Troy this last fall. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on then. Yeah. Yeah, no, some of these guys, that's the thing. That's why I wanted to have you on is because some of these guys yeah. that you are tracking, I am not. And I think that's yeah. a good um, that's a good yeah. thing to have. Is Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's one of those where even the, um, I'm not at all saying I'm, you know, the top or one of the experts, but even the sites who I look to, the guys I would consider the experts, guys fall through the cracks because of the sheer volume number we're seeing in yeah. the portal. It just happens. No, no, let's let's be honest, Hughes. You're one of the best. That's why 
that's why you're getting into this now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why you just hit a thousand followers and that's not nearly enough. And we need to get you more than that, but go ahead to, I guess, to finish out who out of all these schools this year that you've been tracking, who are you anticipating having the biggest year? Um, I mean, it's tough to go any further than if USC, if we're saying improvement from last year. So I was always a guy, I never really thought Clay Helton was the right fit at USC. I thought his extension he got was, was absurd. Silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but based on how they were last year to where I expect them this coming year, um, I think they're going to be one of the biggest, you know, turnarounds. Um, some other teams, I think, that, you know, I don't want to be a homer and say South Carolina, but I mean, they've done a lot. There, there's a lot of good that's happened. Um, I already mentioned Lane and Ole Miss. Um, a lot of people have thrown shade at Brian Kelly since he's better at LSU, the Ma family, and, you know, the, the <laughs> awful sound bites he had. The guy's one of the best coaches in America and has been for 20 years. He's going to do good things at LSU. Now, that's not only down to the transfer portal, but it's in part to the transfer portal. Um, we also were really disappointed by Sark last year and how things went down in Texas. Mm -hmm. He will not be judged by his first year and some of those bad losses. He might be judged by how Quinn Evers looks the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, beyond the not playing at Ohio State and the Joe Exotic haircut, he's one of the most naturally talented high school I've ever seen before. I mean, he drops back and flicks his wrist like Uncle Rico, and the ball goes on a dime wherever he wants it. His arm talent is amazing. So I think Texas will get a lot better. They also brought, um, you know, a Jai Hall, a receiver from Alabama. Yeah, that whole J Jaleel yeah. Billingsley, a tight end from Alabama, who, again, a couple of years ago, we were thinking could end up being a high NFL draft pick. We got in Nick's doghouse. Some of those things happen. But um, if you're a freshman tight end at Alabama and you're the team's primary kick returner, <laughs> you have a unique skill set. And Extremely I expect, unique. Yeah. And he also had his great year when Stark was the OC there. Um, he knows how to get those matches, especially in those crossing patterns and speed to get, yep. to get guys open. Um, Texas is going to be a fun team to watch. Now, I've never been a huge Longhorns fan, but I'm excited to watch him. And I'm not trying to throw shade at him. But um, year two under Stark, I think, will be a lot better. They also brought in... Brennan Marion, one of the most innovative coaches in the country. He was Jordan Addison's receivers coach at Pitt before that. He was uh, with Todd Graham at Hawaii, played for Todd Graham at Tulsa a few years back. But remember when Howard beat UNLV? It was, I think, the biggest FBS or FCS over FBS win a few years ago. Yeah. He was, think, yeah. He was, he was the old coordinator for Howard then. And, um, he, you know, innovator of the go-go offense. So they'll do like the shotgun with the QB and then running back, running back. So two running backs on the same side. Um, but he's the receivers coach now there at Texas. And um, he won't be for long because he'll be an old coordinator somewhere soon. But um, Sark's doing a lot of good things. And I, I don't think we should read too much into some of those year one losses they had. Again, I'm not saying it was okay that they lost them, but again, I, I used um, the phrase before, you know, don't let that define you. That year one's not going to define Sark's tenure in Texas. It will, it will be in the next few years of how they, you know, how Queen Ewers develops and what happens there. I'll give you uh, a guy before we take off a team, before we take off and that nobody's really talking about right now, but Michigan State. Is loaded. I mean, they um, brought in a bunch of guys. They brought in uh, Aaron Aaron Brule from uh, Mississippi State. Yes, Reed from Western Michigan. 
at wide receiver. I mean, like there are there are some talents that are on this team right now, and that's um that's just older guys. I've got some younger guys too. No, they've um yeah, Mel Tucker is the top coach. In fact, um this is a this is a topic for another day. But one of the eternal questions in college football is who will succeed Nick Saban at Alabama. Mel Tucker's would be in my top three right now if I were going to make that list. Yeah. yeah so sure. he's a former assistant of his. Um, before we get too deep into that, I, yeah, I would say that um, Mel Tucker, Mario Cristobal, Bill O'Brien would be my top three right now for that list to replace Nick. But um, who knows? Because we're a few years off from that, longer than I initially thought we would be. So, yeah. Mike Hughesman, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at Hughesman uh, CFB. And go ahead and give him a follow. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yep. Thank you. See you later.